chapter 31. We don't have children's church this morning, I'm sorry. Uh, Proverbs 31, a well-known passage. As we look this morning at um, a woman called blessed. There are many wonderful things said about the Proverbs 31 woman, and it all comes down to, I think, one verse, which we'll look at, we'll look at this morning. Um, let me pray for us, though, as we begin. Father, we um, do indeed thank you for your word, for it contains the words of life. And it's not like any other book. For you are its author, and by your Holy Spirit, through whom you inspired holy men to write, down to the very words, um, we pray that he would come. You would send your Holy Spirit and, and help us to understand. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, anointing on the preacher and hearer alike. Pray all these things in the name of our Savior. Amen. Proverbs 31, starting at verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant and brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits amongst the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently. But you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our God shall indeed stand forever and ever. Amen. The Proverbs 31 woman is a well-known passage. And perhaps even if you haven't ever read the passage, you know the reference it is the portrait of a godly woman. And I must admit, the whole time as I read, I was thinking of my own bride. One of the greatest blessings that a man can receive, as one commentator puts it, one of the best reputations which any man can attain is to become known as the husband of a good wife. To find a good wife, indeed, is a, is a blessing indeed, a blessing beyond compare, as we see in verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. Certainly the world has its own ideas about what a wife and mother should look like. The celebrity gossip magazines call it a, a trophy wife. 
But the book of Proverbs is written to young men. When we think of this passage, we should think of its immediate context. That it was written to young men, commending them what kind of wives should they look for. Calling them to pursue a godly wife and mother for their children. And to find such a one as rare, more precious to the soul than the riches of this world and the status that the world offers. The portrait here of a godly woman has a final result in verse 28. We read, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. It is blessing. It is a blessing indeed to be married to such a woman or to have such a woman as your mother or even your friend. But but what is it in the life of this woman that would cause her children and her husband to rise up and call her blessed, to, to praise the Lord for her, to thank God for her? There's much we can say from this passage, but I think it all boils down to this. It is a, a life and a heart that has been transformed by the Lord. We see this, I think, in verse, um, verse 30. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What is it that causes someone to be called a blessed woman? It is first a heart that has been transformed by the Lord, and then a life that is also trans, transformed by Him. You know, there are a lot of ways that you can preach this, this, uh, this text. And a lot of times I think the way we hear it preached or read about it is, here are the 22 verses that tell us how we are to act if we are to be a blessed woman. And certainly many of these things we can say of men as well. But the passage, this passage's focus is, is on a heart that has been transformed by the Lord. And, and, and from that heart that has been transformed, a life that shows fruit of that transformation, it's not a checklist of things that I have to do in order to be godly or to be accepted. Indeed, it is a portrait of what happens when the Lord grabs our heart and changes us. And transforms us not only upon our conversion, but through all of our lives. We see this not only of women, but also of men. Well, it's not just beauty and charm, is it? It's a woman whose heart has been transformed by the Lord and subsequently experienced a transformation that the gospel brings into every part of our life. This is the quality of a woman that is to be desired the picture of godly mothers that many of us have been blessed with. It's not just a look pretty. Verse 30a tells us that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Now certainly it's not a sin to be charming or beautiful. Praise the Lord. Uh, But that's not what it's talking about here. Ultimately beauty points us to the beauty of God. And the word charm here is elsewhere translated as grace or gracious. This is talking about, though, the idea that we would pursue a wife or a mother of our children just because she is good-looking or charming. You know the resolution of television sets has gotten a lot better, right? Do you have an HD television? It's hard to buy one now that's not HD TV. Um, but you know, in the old days, before resolution was so clear and crisp, uh, set designers could get away with a lot. If there was a hole in a wall on a set, do you know what they would do? They, they would tape over it with a piece of duct tape and paint it. Major cosmetical issues weren't an issue because the makeup could make up and the, 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 the black and white television, it didn't pick up anything. But was once seen as charming now that we see with great clarity. 
we see was indeed deceitful and in vain. And so it is with beauty. It is amazing how the Lord has only called the beautiful to this church. Only the beautiful to this church. But to praise, admire, or marry a woman only because she is beautiful is superficial and is much like building a house on sand instead of rock. As the Proverbs, the writer of the book of Proverbs commends to his young men, you must look for more. What do you look for? You look for a heart that has been transformed by Jesus. That is where true beauty, that is where pure and true grace and charm is found. So the second half of verse 30 tells us, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You know, there are a lot of wonderful things that I remember about my grandmothers. We've all gone to be with the Lord and and also for my mother, who many of you have met with great fondness, my grandmother Allback was a terrible cook. Awful cook. Uh, she, uh, she had us over once when she got a new oven to have steaks, and she didn't realize it was a convection oven. And, uh, and it was just a, a brick of, of, of hard charcoal, which we all suffered through. Um, but, you know, she could cook some good cornbread dressing. I can say that of my grandmother. My grandmother Johnson, in a wheelchair, out of money, gave wonderful presents. She got creative My mother has a great sense of humor and is a very smart woman. But you know, these are all charming memories. But you know what sets them apart? Is their love for Jesus. This is what makes them beautiful women. Godly women. See, each of their hearts has been transformed by the Lord. The greatest blessing for me as a son and as a grandson is not the cooking, good or bad, or the gifts. But the gift that my Savior gave to my mother and to my grandmothers. The gift of salvation. See, He changed them, and He made them new. He saved them, and He gave them His Holy Spirit. They knew that they could not save themselves, but were helpless apart from the grace of God. He took away the old and made them new creations. My grandmothers knew, and my mother knows, they couldn't save themselves, but fully trusted in what Jesus had done for them on the cross. This is what makes a godly woman a godly woman. My grandmother, Allback, would take me to Midnight Communion, the Episcopal Church. Is it Christmas or Easter you do that? I can't remember. Is it Christmas? And I have her prayer book. Um, Just a wonderful reminder of her godliness. Uh, Just a a wonderful resource. And my grandmother, Johnson, this this is her Bible. And she was always either reading it or having fallen asleep reading it. And my mother is such a godly woman of the word and prayer. And she is but a text away and which she will spend all day praying for me and my family. It's a blessing to know that my mother and my grandmothers know and knew the Lord. It's a blessing having mothers and wives who know the Lord, isn't it? This is a real thing that commends any of us, any person, man or woman, and is freely offered to all those who would accept it. It is a free gift. This salvation, this heart that needs to be transformed, it can be transformed free of charge by our Savior. Do you fear the Lord? Man or woman, young or old, child or adult, do you fear the Lord? Do you worship, believe in Him and serve Him? This is what makes us beautiful. But a transformed heart leads to the transformed life that we see here in Proverbs 31. 
When the Lord gets hold of our lives, there isn't a corner into which He doesn't send His Holy Spirit to begin to change us and to make us new. It's a lifelong process. It begins a conversion and won't end until the day that Jesus comes back or we go to be with Him. He transforms our hearts. We call this sanctification by which we grow more and more like Jesus and are enabled to put to death sin in our hearts and grow into a more righteous lifestyle. And we see that the radical transforming grace has taken hold of the heart of the Proverbs 31 woman and it reflects itself in her life. She not only knows Jesus in her heart, but the world can see it, can see the fruit that she loves and serves her Savior, that she fears the Lord We see this first in her transformed character. Oftentimes it is our character that is first transformed by the Lord where we can see evidence of of new creations in Christ. I've seen this in my own uncle, a man who was very hard and hard to deal with. This summer became a believer and you know he's a completely changed man. He's a delight to be around. When a life or soul is surrendered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit begins to change our appetites and our desires. We see this with the Apostle Paul, who went from hating Christians to loving them, indeed to being one. He'd always been zealous, but he went from being zealous, persecuting the Lord, to spreading the way. Indeed, um, the various words that are used in this text describe a woman who is dignified and wise Generous, godly, and kind. But I think many of these can be summed up into this phrase, a servant's heart. Mothers, you know that to be a mother is to be a life of service, isn't it? As you serve your children, as you serve your family. And this is certainly the picture we have in Proverbs 31. You know the sacrifices that your mother has made for you. And mothers, you know the sacrifices you've had to make for your family. And so too, the Proverbs 31 woman has a servant's heart. In verse 15, she rises in the night to prepare food for her children, for her household, and to give portions for those who work therein. She works diligently to keep her children clothed, something that would have taken a lot of work. Verse 19, she puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. It's a blessing to be able to go to Dillard's and Goodies and Walmart, these kind of places for our clothes, isn't it? Or Dirt Cheap, that's our favorite place. Um, you can get great deals there. It's a blessing to be able to go to those places, but do you know before these things were a blessing to our communities a long time ago, um, everything had to be made. And so the picture here is of the Proverbs 31 woman taking captive every moment as she uses the distaff which holds the flax, the, the wool or the, the cotton and then she holds the spindle in the other hand and, and turns it and is spinning the, the, the flax into, uh, into thread. And, and this is a, a very labor-intensive thing. Every waking moment that she's not doing something else, as she's sitting and talking to her friends, she is making and spinning and spinning and spinning so that she'll have thread then to weave into fabric in which to make into clothing something for her whole household. Can you imagine? She has a servant's heart. But her servant's heart is not just connected to her family, but to those around her, as we see in verse 20, that she's a generous woman. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. The picture here is of a woman who is exceedingly uh, well-to-do, someone who is very successful in all of her business ventures. 
But for all of her success, she doesn't look down upon those who don't have finances, who have physical needs. And she has an open hand with the wealth that the Lord has given to her, being generous to all those who have needs. Our godly mothers point us ultimately to Christ, don't they? As they fear the Lord, they point us to the Lord, the only one who can save us. And their service to their families point us to our Savior and to His servant's heart. See, Christ laid aside the glory that was due His name in order that He might lay down His life for the good of, for the salvation of, for the eternal destinies of those whom He loved. When godly mothers lay down their own ambitions, their own desires, and even their own sleep for their family, they point us to the sacrifices of Christ. And as followers of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, they reflect His character to those around Him. Well, in her character, she not only points us to Christ through her servant's heart, but also to His wisdom and kindness. Look with me if you will, at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She is a wise woman, and where does this wisdom come from? It does not come from us. It comes from the Lord. It comes through being a woman of the Word of God. When faced with issues, the Proverbs 31 woman is seeking the Lord that she might find wisdom, which the Lord gives without reproach. When young women come to ask her for advice, she is able to impart that which she has learned from the ups and downs of life and the time that she has spent before the throne of God. She does this with kindness and teaches all those who need it. The Proverbs 31 woman also has transformed relationships. She has drunk deeply from the well of living water, that is, Jesus Christ, she has transformed relationships with her. Now, that around her, that doesn't mean, however, that um, life is always roses. That doesn't mean that it's always without conflict. It's not the absence of conflict that marks a godly person, but how he or she deals with conflict with a spouse, a child, or friend, or neighbor. What sets apart godly men and women is how they deal with it as they look to their Savior. And we see this as she deals with her husband. She enjoys a very blessed relationship with him. Verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. This is because she's a great woman and a great wife. Verse 12, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits amongst the elders of the land. Verse 29, we find that um, he praises her with this great phrase, many women have done excellently but you surpass them all. This is the image of a a good marriage. Not a perfect marriage, but a marriage that has been transformed by the grace of God of two hearts that know and love Jesus and fear Him. We also see that she has good relationships with her children. Not always smooth, but good. She provides food and clothing for her children in verses 15 and 21. And, and they indeed recognize all that she does for them. And they, uh, they raise up and call her blessed in verse 28. You know, when our heart is transformed by the Lord Jesus, every area is affected to one degree or another of our lives. And as we grow more and more with Jesus, we begin to see more and more fruit 
of that vital union and relationship that we have with Jesus. And it's often seen first in relationships. A person, a man or woman who is walking with the Lord on a daily basis will see their relationships transformed as they are enabled to walk away from bitterness and an unforgiving spirit. Why? Because as our hearts are enraptured with what Jesus has done for us, we find that the things that were once important to us and the things that, that made us angry or mad or bitter suddenly pale in comparison to what we have done against our Savior and the grace with which He has shown us we are enabled to give to others. I don't know about you, but my brother and I fought a good bit growing up. Certainly if you had siblings, you know this. And if you've had children, um, perhaps your children were perfect and never squabbled. Uh, But I know that my brother and I certainly fought. You know, I think there's here another way that godly mothers point us to Jesus. That says peacemaker. (laughs) Mothers are always making peace between uh, their children. And here, too, they point us to our Savior. For our Savior is the ultimate peacemaker. Not by sweeping things under the rug, or pretending that things don't matter, but dealing with the issues. Think of the worst thing you did against your sibling. Don't say it out loud. These things pale in comparison to what we have done against our Lord and our God. And yet, our peacemaker... Our Savior has come that we might be at peace with our God. The last area where we see in this text of the impact of a transformed heart of the Proverbs 31 woman is, is that of the transformed activity. You know, at least 10 of the 22 verses in our text have something to do with this woman being a, a hardworking, industrious, and skilled and clever woman. This image here is not one of someone who just stays at home all the time or just watches television all the time or whatever the world's image is. It is someone who is very busy, buying things from afar, being busy with making things for the family to sell. She isn't lazy, far from it. Verse 15 tells us she goes, she wakes up before daybreak and verse 18 tells us that she stays up long after dark. She does not eat the bread of laziness, 27. She is strong and dignified, 25. She has created, God has created each and every one of us differently. And while men are called to lead the household and wives are called by God to be submissive to their husbands, the picture that we get in Scripture is not of a weak woman, not a pushover, but one who is strong in godliness and is trusted by her family and by her husband and is involved with business who goes and considers a field and buys it, who takes her wares to marketplace to sell them and to provide for her family. She is a hard worker. And ultimately this too points us to Jesus. How? Well, the Lord came to do work. He came to do work and He worked hard. The fact is that every one of us, man, woman, adult, child, single, married, young or old, we have all missed the mark. Measured up. Not measured up. We can't measure up to the standard of perfection. You know, we can't, we can't live up to the standard of perfection we see on Facebook, right? Have you seen pictures of families on Facebook? They're perfect. Have any of you ever met these families? We can't live up to that standard, much less to the standard 
of our Lord and God through His perfect law. And so Christ came and He worked. And He lived a perfect life of obedience. And for all the times that we, man or woman, that we have failed to love our children well, He came and He loved the children perfectly. And we have failed to love our husbands or our, our wives well. He loved all His neighbors in our place. Where we have failed, He has succeeded. And it points us ultimately to the, the work that He performed at the cross for us. We call it the cross work because here He satisfied the wrath of God that we might have transformed hearts, that we might be brought to peace with Him. And godly mothers point us to this in their service, in their character, in their heart, in their love. Our godly mothers all point us to Jesus. So it's Mother's Day, and we're to be thankful for our mothers. We're to honor them and cherish them, to serve them, even when difficult. And may we follow, each and every one of us, the, the, the example of the Proverbs 31 woman, to have lives transformed by knowing Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our mothers. They are gifts from you, and we thank you how they point us to our Savior and all that he has done for us. Father, help us to honor and cherish our mothers as we serve you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.